If you've been here the last few weeks, you know that we're in the middle of a series called Abide. This is all around John chapter 15. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And over and over and over again, he says, abide in me. What he's saying is, I I want you to stay connected to me. Stay close to me. In fact, make your home with me. And that's how you're going to produce the things that I want to produce in and through you. And so through this series, we've been hearing from special speakers. They've been talking about the different ways, the different practices that they walk in that help them to abide. We've, We've heard about prayer. We've heard about the reading of scripture, some really key fundamental things that allow us to stay close to Jesus. And today we're going to get to continue that. We're going to hear from somebody special. This is somebody who's been a part of our family for a while now. And um, I don't use the word special very often, but this is a special individual. She is somebody who is so connected to God. I'm telling you, all you have to do is hear her pray one time. And you're like, yep. She's amazing. In fact, we were uh, in the Lake St. Louis City Hall praying a few months ago. And uh, at one point, she had written out a prayer a couple pages long. And she started reading this prayer. And I couldn't help but just tears falling down my face. I mean, so much wisdom, so much beauty. And so that's what we're going to get to hear from this morning. So help me welcome Becky. Come on up. Praise the Lord. Um, it's interesting, I, uh, at the beginning, at the end of 2022, coming into 23, I had uh, said to the Lord, I said, you know what, 2023, I must be about my father's business. I don't, I don't care what, I don't care who, I don't care what, I don't care when, I don't care how, I don't care. Whatever it is, Lord, that you still have me here for, that's what I want to find myself doing. And so uh, when Pastor Dustin came, (laughs) normally I would run the other way from something like this, (laughs) typically. I would. I'm I'm, I'm just being real with you. Um, But because I prayed, the prayer that I prayed, and so when Pastor Dustin came to me and asked me to do this, I couldn't run the other way. Because it's like you just asked me, so here we go. Praise the Lord. So I just love our pastors. I just appreciate them. They have been a tremendous blessing and encouragement. I'm sure that all of us can say the same thing, but especially to me and my family and my son. So let's, let's, let's get to it. So <clears throat> uh, as we think about abiding in Christ, as Pastor Dustin just said, according to John uh, 15, I believe that one of the spiritual disciplines that we can incorporate in our everyday life, um, or at least on a regular basis, is to make daily confessions, and sometimes, you know, people interchange confessions with affirmations, which is speaking words that are in direct alignment with God's word and his promises. So with the help of the Holy Spirit, that's what we're going to talk about today uh, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, as I stand here before you, I decrease so that you might increase. I thank you right now for your anointing. 
to remove every burden and to destroy the yoke. I thank you, Lord God, that you through me, as I yield myself completely to you, that you are going to meet needs, that you're going to answer questions, Lord God, that you're going to bring change, deliverance, and a turnaround. You said that if you be lifted up, you would draw all men to you. So be lifted up now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All righty. So let's get to work. All right. So the Greek word from, for confession is homo legeo. Um, homo meaning the same. Logeo means to speak. So when we talk about confession... What we're really saying is we want to speak and or say the same thing. So when we think about abiding in him, becoming one with him, drawing close to him, we want to be in agreement with him as well. Amen. So in one of the ways that we can do that is to align our mouth with the truth, which is the word of God. The Bible says in John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth, for your word is truth. So confession is aligning again what we say out of our mouth with the truth. God's word is the final say in every situation and circumstance we might face in life. So when we speak the word, we are to speak, we are to speak the word and the word only. So our confessions, our affirmations, our everyday conversations, even what we say to ourselves should not contradict what God says about us, about this, that, and the other, uh, if it does not align with his word. So this is very vital and important that we watch what we say. The other thing I want to say about that is as we engage in this this spiritual discipline, we want to come to it um, from a place of being in the offensive position or mindset. That's why we want to do this on a daily basis. That's why we want to make this a habit. In other words, we don't want to wait till something bad happens to start speaking and confessing the truth. So so we want to do this when we're experiencing good times too. We don't want to just wait till we're in the midst of the fire. And then we're like, well, where's that scripture? I mean, well, where, what, what do I say now? You know what I mean? So now you're in the thick of it. So you want to speak it and speak it when you're up and when you're down. You speak the word when you're in and when you're out. When times are good, And when they're not so good, speak the word daily. Amen. Talking, thinking about approaching this from the offensive position, what we're also saying is that we want to come at this spiritual discipline from a place of confidence and not fear. We want to display proactiveness. We want to focus on the positive rather than trying to deliberately avoid the negative when threatening situations arise. 
We want to go first. We want to do this from the home court advantage, if you will. We want to get ahead of this thing. We want to throw the first punch. So that's why it's important to do this day in and day out. Because one of the things we do know, without a shadow of a doubt, we will have challenges. We already know. We already know. In John 16, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Not maybe, not perhaps, not, you know, I hope not. You know, I hope not either, but the word is the word, so it's, it's coming. You know what I mean? Um, so in, a, in another transla- translation, I think they say you will have tribulation. But, anytime you see a but, cancel out everything before. But take heart. Another translation says be of good cheer. For I have already overcome the world. And actually, right here, this is a good place to make a confession. I am full of peace, and I am a world overcomer. How about we say that every day when we wake up? I'm full of peace, and I am a world overcomer. The reason I can say that is because it's in alignment, direct alignment with the word of God and the truth of God according to John 16, Y'all see how this works? When we also talk about, and Tristan, neither Tristan nor DeAndre, I need my backup. <laughs> they coming at, at the 11 o'clock, though. Both of them play football. So, again, talking about still on this, coming at this from an offensive, the offensive side. Um, Shay's son, DeAndre, my son, Tristan. So they're both offensive players. Now, Tristan has played both sides before, but his sweet spot is on the offensive. So is, so is DeAndre. Tristan is a running back. Uh, DeAndre is a wide receiver, typically. I mean, they do other things, but that's, their, that's pretty much what they do. They both know, before they even get on the field, that they, whenever they get the ball, they're headed to the end zone, period. That's, that's, that's their focus. If it's passed off to Tristan, end zone. If it's thrown to DeAndre and he catches it, end zone, period. That is their focus. That's the goal. And they're to get there at all costs. They also know instinctively that when they get that ball, they're going to be faced with opposition. They already know. Okay? There's a defensive side to this thing. They're not going to just tip throw to the tulips into the end zone and get a touchdown. That's not, no, that does not, it just don't work like that. I wish it did because I hate to see my baby get hit, but <laughs> they're surrounded by enemies. They got to get past, and I get, this is where I need my backup. Y'all help me get football. They got to get past a cornerback. They got to get past a linebacker. They got to get past a defensive tackle. It's a whole lot they got to get beyond to get to the goal, which is the touchdown. They already also know that sometimes they're going to get tackled. They already know that sometimes they're going to fumble the ball. And in some cases, they may incur 
a minor, and I do mean minor injury, <laughs> minor, okay, if none at all. But with knowing all of that, the game does not stop because they got tackled. The game doesn't stop because they fumble. They get back up, they shake it off, and they run the play again. And they run it again. Sometimes the culture even have them run the same play over and over again until they get to the end zone until they win because the end zone and the, 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 um, the opportunity to make a touchdown is ever before them. They know that it's within their reach. They know it's within their grasp. They know they can have it. They know it's attainable. So they're going for it every time they get on the field, every time. You cannot stop playing the game in the first quarter because you got tackled in the first quarter. We got three more quarters to go with this thing. You see what I'm saying? So that ball is as if it, liken it to Jesus transferring to us, either throwing it to us, handing it off, our authority in him. Jesus And I might be getting ahead of myself a little bit, but help me, Holy Spirit. When he died on that cross and he said it's finished, that's what he meant. He's sitting down with the Father. He said, I've already given you everything. I gave you the ball. I gave you the ball. So what are we going to do with it now? I've given you everything, the Bible says, that pertains to life and godliness. So... We want to come at this with, we're not going to trip off of tribulation and trials and the ups and downs of life because we already know that's just part of it. That's just part of the game. What we're focused on is the promises. What we're focused on is manifesting what God already said we can have. That's our focus. So you might be asking, and I'm not going to be long, um, So what's the big deal? Like, at the end of the day, why is this so vitally important? And I guess if I say nothing else today, it would be this. What you, and again, going back to confession, going about, going back to what you say and what comes out of your mouth. What you are saying out of your mouth is either working for you or it is working against you. Because you have what you say. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those that love it will eat its fruit. Death and life, good and bad. If it's going to be, it's going to be up to me. This verse is letting, letting us know how powerful our words are and that they can bring death or life to any situation or circumstance we might face. And if I can get to the... We can kill with our mouths. We can kill a dream. We can kill or stop the flow of finances coming into our life. We can kill relationships with our friends and our family with our mouth. 
You can kill your physical and mental health with your words. You can even cancel out prayers with your mouth, with conversations and stuff that comes out of your mouth at the point of frustration. One day, Lord, I believe I receive my deliverance, my breakthrough in this area, my family and my finances, whatever. I thank you now in Jesus' name. Two weeks go, you haven't seen the manifestation, you get frustrated. And then you start saying, that stuff don't work. Nothing ever good happens to me. I can't, I can't seem to get ahead in anything. Nothing I do ever turns out right. So what you just did is you can't, the angels were on their way to get you your stuff. So now they running in it. Well, did she want, well, what, wait a minute, because Do she want the breakthrough? Well, nothing ever good happens to her, so I get what's take, take it back to heaven. Whatever that was that she prayed and believed and received and received by faith, take it back because she just said nothing good ever happens to her. In the moments of frustration, and we all get in those places, cry if you will, you know, whatever. Feel what you feel. I'm not saying that feelings aren't real because they are. But don't say nothing. Don't say nothing until you're ready to say the right thing. See, all of this has to come into agreement. All of this has to line up. You see what I'm saying? So we got it. So why is this important? Because could it be some of the things that you're experiencing today that you don't like, that is not the will of God for your life, could it be based on what you've spoken? Out of your mouth. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just asking the question. So what we have to do is we have to get a hold of our mouth. You know, remember back in the day, they used to say, if you, don't, you can't say anything good, don't say nothing at all. There's some truth to that. David prayed in Psalms 141 and 3. He said, oh, Lord, set a guard over my mouth and watch over the door of my lips. Because what I say is that vitally important because there's power in it. On the flip side, you can bring life and blessing into your life. There you go. Proverbs 12, 14, the A part of that scripture says, from the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things. So see how it can work both ways? So a confession right there could be, my life is filled with good things. My life is filled with the best life has to offer. How about say that every day? My life is filled with good things. My life is, I have the best that life has to offer. This has nothing to do with how you feel when you wake up. We don't follow our feelings. Our feelings have to line up with us. This has nothing to do with what just happened the day before or what you might have to face that day. This has nothing to do with what you can see, what you can touch. It has nothing to do with the five senses. This is supernatural. This is defying the natural until the natural lines up with the supernatural. We determine the direction of our life, not our feelings, not our boss, not whoever. We do. You can move mountains with your mouth 
barriers in life can be moved simply by what you say. Mark eleven twenty three says, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what they but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done. And that's Jesus. My mom used to say, if you're ever in doubt about the Bible, just go to the red letters <laughs> because <laughs> that's Jesus speaking. He, and in time, anytime Jesus says truly, when you see the verily, verilies and the truly, trulys, that's a wrap. You can take that to the bank. So if he says, you can move a mountain by what you say. It will be done. What are some of the mountains in your life that just won't seem to move? So when you think about mountains, mountains are big. They're intimidating. They're tall. Some of them are old. They've been around a long time. What are some of the mountains that just won't seem to move in your life? Mountain of debt, harassing thoughts. You ever had just just this constant harassing thoughts that come to your mind? An addiction that just won't seem to break? A debilitating disease that's just constantly with you? Your mama had it, your daddy had it, your grandma had it. It It's just everybody gets it. It's a mountain. But they're not bigger than the word of God coming out of your mouth. And make no mistake, God's word in and of itself is powerful. God's word is powerful. That's been determined. That's that's settled forever. The word of God bringing uh, the promises of God and the will of God in your life is going to take the word coming out of your mouth. The word, in, the word sitting on a shelf is not going to benefit you. You have to take it and get it in here so it can come out of here. Then that's when it benefits you. It's powerful. Make no mistake about it. That's not, there's no debating that. Okay? The word is powerful, but it's only powerful when we speak it. We can only possess and see the manifestation when we speak it. So it's up to us, okay? Um, Tristan let me, is gonna let me share, he said I could share this testimony. Uh, he's 14 now, so he's about seven, eight, I guess about Roman's age, somewhere in there. All of a sudden, y'all, this boy got spiritually attacked with panic like I have never seen before. He would just be sitting there eating, and all of a sudden, he would just start screaming and screaming like at the top of his lungs. And it was so bad that he would do it in the classroom. He was playing basketball at the time. He would be on the basketball court, and they would have to pull him off the court because he would be screaming and crying so so out of control. And it was irrational because he would be like, and I'm like, well, what's wrong, Tristan? What's wrong? Well, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I feel like I'm going to throw up. And I'm like, what does throwing up have to do? This don't even make, you didn't even eat anything to throw up. I mean, so 
But it was just scary. And I was just like, man, what is this? So we instantly praying, mama, I'm laying hands, I'm rebuking the enemy, I'm coming against, you know, the enemy. We got him in counseling, you know, we did this natural stuff, got him in counseling, but at the same time, believing God and praying, I put so much holy oil on him. <laughs> he was a grease, looking like a grease monkey every day, and I'm like, oh, no, devil, not my boy. But it was just so <laughs> irrational, and it just... And it was embarrassing because we couldn't go nowhere. We couldn't hardly do anything. So I called his coach and I said, this is what's going on with Tristan. He said, bring him anyway. Then I had to call the uh, principal and they had to do, um, y'all educators know, like when there's something going on with a kid, everybody gets around him and they come up with a, a plan. So I had to call the, the, the principal was in on it. The uh, counselor was in on it. All of Tristan's teachers were in on it. Um, because I shared with them, I said, now we're people of faith. I have them in counseling, but we're also people of faith. So uh, we believe that the word is going to get him better. Then I broke down and I just, I, I just started crying. I said, Lord, why is my son going through this? He's only seven years old. This doesn't make sense. He's just a little boy and I'm crying and I'm, you know, pouring my heart out to the Lord, like, why is the enemy messing with him like this? He's too young for this. And I could hear the Holy Spirit said, are you finished? And I'm like, no, I ain't finished. <laughs> this is my baby. He ain't did nothing to nobody. <laughs> and then I heard, are you finished? I was like, I guess so, you know. And he said, uh, Teach him how to speak the word. Oh, teach him to speak the word. Oh, grown folk don't know how to do this. How he going to learn, you know? So make a long story short, got with the school, and we said, okay, this is the plan. He had scriptures on laminated cards on a, on a ring. So everybody knew at school that when this thing came on him, if he's in class, if he's in gym, he can go to the principal's office or he could go to the counselor's office, or he could go to the bathroom. So he had his little scriptures and everything in his little backpack, and so he could say, can I go, you know, whatever. And he would go, and he would pull out his scriptures. And he would say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And I went at home at night, I said, say it again. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So we would say it when he wasn't in, a, in the midst of the panic so that I could get him used to saying it when he was in the throes of the panic. Because I couldn't be with him every day. I couldn't lay hands on him. At school. I, I, could, I had to go to work. I couldn't be with him every day. So he had to learn it. Perfect love casts out fear. And God loves me perfectly. I am fearless and not fearful. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm not helpless in this situation because God is with me. I'm strong and I'm courageous and this too shall pass. And he said it over and over and over again. 
And I can tell you it's been, what, eight years now? Completely gone. I can't even tell you the day it left, but it just, it got, the panic just subsided and subsided and subsided until it, and even when he was in the midst of that, you all at home where I could get up and just lay hands on him. And I, I, I said, where are your scriptures? Don't, don't come over here. Uh-uh. Where, go get the word. Go get the word. And it took everything in me. I'm not going to lie. But I was like, no, you already know, Tristan. You already know. This is a lie. Go get the truth and speak that. This is a lie. Go get the truth. Because you all keep in mind, the Bible says that God watches over his word to perform it in Jeremiah 1 and 12. He doesn't watch over a lot of this stuff that we say, he doesn't watch over fear to perform it. He doesn't watch over lack to perform it. He doesn't watch over, he watches over his word and performs it. So if we can get the word like Patrick shared with us in us and get the word coming out of us, then we're going to see a performance of that, which we're believing God to do. One final thought, and I probably should have had that up on the scripture, but I forgot um, Matthew 16, 13 through 19. You all go back and look at that. It's powerful. Jesus asked his disciples, he said, who do people say I am? And they replied and said, well, some say you John the Baptist. Some say you Elijah. Some say you Jeremiah. Like, How are you going to be all of them? And he, all of them. Okay, whatever. Some say you're one of the prophets. So some say this, and some are saying that. And there's a whole lot of some say about you. Your lawyer said, the judge said, the doctor said, your ex-spouse said, your mama said, your third grade teacher said, your coach said you'll never be this. Your teacher said, blah, 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 blah. Somebody else said you can never do that. Somebody else said, there's a whole lot of some say, even about you. Then Jesus said, okay, all right, you know, I'm paraphrasing now. <laughs> I hear all that, but what do you say? And that's the question today. Jesus is asking each and every one of us, what are you saying? And then Peter said, well, you the Messiah, you the son of the living God, you, 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 you it. And then Jesus said something. After Peter said the truth. One, Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon. So guess what? He got a blessing, a direct blessing from Jesus based on what he said. He said, and I tell you, Jesus says, and I tell you that you are Peter. So based on what he said, he got a name change. He got a whole new identity in Christ. Jesus said, and all of this is in that passage, on this rock, I will build my church. Peter got a whole new purpose in life. He got his ministry. Jesus said, and the gates of hell 
will not be able to overcome it. Peter got power over the enemy. Now, mind you, because of what Peter said, Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Peter got divine access to the throne of heaven and all that goes with it. Jesus said, and whatever, and this is all there, y'all, whatever you bind on earth, I will bind in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He got kingdom authority and the host of heaven backing him up. All because of what he said. All because out of his mouth, he said the truth about who Jesus really was. And again, Jesus is asking all of us today, what are you saying about me, Jesus, about yourself? Are you a nothing and a nobody? You know, I'm ugly. No, the Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Ain't nothing ugly about you. Uh, you know, everything I touch seems to fail. No, there's no failure in Christ, so therefore there's no failure in you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see how that works? You see how that works? And even if you feel in a certain kind of way, the key is speak the word in spite of. When I got let go, and I'm going to say this, and then I'm done. Um, from my job in January, I went in like every other day, went in to have a meeting with my boss. My boss let me know this is your last day. Oh, okay. Um, so I got my little stuff, got in my car and, uh, I started driving, didn't know where I was going to go. I'm, I'm supposed to be at work. So where I'm going. So I'm driving somewhere and then a flood of stuff started coming to my mind. Well, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do now? You know, you got this going on. You know, you got that going on. You know, and it's just like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And then the tears start coming. But what I knew enough to know is, Becky, don't say nothing. Cry. Hear what you hear. Feel what you feel. Do what you do. But do not open your mouth. Because it was very vital and crucial because I know that there's power. And I needed, at that moment, my life to go in a particular direction. And if I start just spewing out at the mouth and saying a bunch of negative stuff and all of that, that would have hindered what needed to happen now in my life. And so, and that's why, y'all, community is so important. Got, got over to a godly, you know, friend of mine, person. And I said, well, I got to let go today. And she said, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> she said, you needed some rest anyway. And I was like, you know. And she was like, okay, now we're going to see what God really got in store for you. She didn't go there with me. She didn't go there with me. She didn't go there with me. And as a result of being with someone that's full of faith and like-minded, I was like, okay. Okay, yeah, I don't know all the details about where I'm going to work and what's going to happen next and where I'm going to end up and 
how I'm going to pay for this. I don't know all of that, but this I know. My God shall supply all. And until I was ready to speak, I didn't say anything, and I spoke that. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Because at the end of the day, he's my source, not a job. A job is a resource. They come and go. They flip. They turn. They, you move from one to the other. God is my source. So we're just going to sit on that and rest on that, and we're going to ride with that until a door opens because he opens doors that no man can close. And then he closed doors that no man can open. So it's all good. When you're up, when you're down, when you're in, when you're out, it's all good. But it's only all good if you say it's all good. And that's what I believe the Holy Spirit would like for us to know today. So let's. (laughs) So I want to pray. Real quick, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify your holy name. We thank you for this truth today. The power that's in our words, let it resonate with each and every heart and mind and let it bring a change. So now we denounce, we renounce, we uproot now by the blood and the authority of Jesus. Every ill-spoken word that we have spoken out of our mouths. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your loving kindness and your mercy. We come to you and we repent. Have mercy on us. You said that we confess our faults to you, that you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse of, of, of all unrighteousness. So we ask you today, Lord God, wipe the slate clean from everything that we've spoken that was in direct contradiction to your word. And we just thank you, Lord God, for a new beginning to say and to speak that which aligns with your will, your purpose, your plan, and your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.